the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Healthcare premiums through the roof. So much to think about when it comes to healthcare. Who do you talk to? Where do you go next? Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now with host Mark Chea, Larry Jones, and from Orlando Medical News, John Kelly. And now let's head into the Healthcare Now studios. Good morning and welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. I'm John Kelly, publisher of the Orlando Medical News. Good morning, Dr. Mark and Larry. Good morning. Morning. Dr. Uh, Mark Chat is a pediatric surgeon. He's practiced medicine in Central Florida since 1997. He's president of Pediatric Surgery PA and chairman of the Integrated Independent Physicians Network. Larry Jones is the CEO of the Independent Healthcare Partners and the Independent Physicians Network. IPN's mission is to preserve and protect the independent practice of medicine. All right, guys. So when we jump off, uh, I think we've sort of made it a, a mini habit of talking a little bit about the, the vaccine and what the progress yep. has been so far. So to date, about 40% of U.S. adults have received at least one vaccine, uh, according to the CDC. So that's well over 100 million individuals that have gotten at least one shot, and a good number of those have had their second shot or only required the one. About 23% of American adults have been fully vaccinated, including more than half of Americans that are 65 and older, which is kind of our running goal in the very beginning was to get folks 65 and under vaccinated. Here in Florida, 78% of senior citizens have been vaccinated. So 78%. So that was, that was our goal. I think, you know, governor by governor, there were decisions that were made and different rules that were set up. And certainly governor DeSantis was, he was, that's, that was his target. Number one, two and three targets. So made really great, really great stuff there. And you know, it was reported on Saturday that uh, on a one day, there were 4.6 million vaccinations yeah. given, yeah. the highest of any day. Yeah, so that and so that's far. The second, I think, two weeks yeah. in a row they've yeah. had the they've broken the numbers, so. which is exactly what you would expect, right? This is a it's a delivery nightmare in a lot of ways, and and I think Larry, you and I talked about how how we might have done things, uh, you know, augmented it differently. But I mean, there's there's no just question. an enormous yeah. number of ways it could have been done, but yeah. things are yeah. definitely picking up. Yeah. But, we, were, you know, we were concerned about the original distribution channel. Yeah, right, right. Going through the uh, health departments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because yeah, we did. Yeah. We thought, you know, this would have been a great excuse to get people to go see their primary care physician exactly. if they could have handled that volume. Exactly. So, you know, maybe at the next pandemic we can bring that up. What do you think? Yep, yep. <laughs> well, Dr. Mark, this morning, the Center for Disease Control Prevention and uh, the Food and Drug Administration recommended a pause in the administration of Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine having uh having received that vaccine what are your thoughts yeah so the fda did come out with a uh, hard stop to the uh, johnson and johnson uh, vaccine and basically the the you know 30 36,000 uh, foot look at that is they had uh, six patients that had a clotting mm-hmm. disorder yep. uh kind of a rare 
unusual clotting Ages disorder. Ages 18 to 48. Yeah, t- you've yeah. got you've got yeah. some uh, some stats on that. And we can talk a little bit okay, more. Okay, sure. Yeah, the FDA did recommend a pause in the J and J vaccine, but the CDC is currently reviewing it. So the pause hasn't yeah. actually happened yet. Correct. But out of the abundance of caution, they're reviewing it. And you're right; it was about six people. All women, mm-hmm. ages 14 to 48, having an adverse reaction to the vaccine shot, causing rare blood clots. However, this is six patients out of over 7 million J&J right. shots given right. to date. Right. And there might there might be something there because I know that there, with the disease itself, there were clotting disorders. And sometimes there were right. very significant fatal issues with clotting. And no one really figured out and put this this all together so there could certainly i understand this again i think in the statement they said abundance of caution four times yeah but uh, so it it makes sense and i think the important takeaway is that things are being watched that for people that are afraid to take the vaccine i wouldn't take this as a oh my gosh see i was right i would take this as okay you know what they're paying attention to make sure that not just you know they're not just giving out vaccines and raising the banner that hey we gave out millions of vaccines they're looking so the fda making this slowdown i look at it as just sort of a message that that it's being paid attention to and that's that's a positive thing yeah, well this this these six patients is very rare mm-hmm. and experts still believe that the shots are very safe and effective and they attribute this adverse reaction to these six patients due to platelet counts in these six people right and so on saturday uh they had indicated that the FDA was going to do this, and the CDC is looking at it. But you know what the concern I have here, Dr. Mark, is the people that are looking for a reason not to get sure. the vaccine. Right. This is just one more right. arrow in their quiver no, no question. to say, I no don't want to get it. And I think the most important thing is to pay attention to the facts, the statements you just made. I'll go out and throw out there that uh, the in Europe, uh, they recognized this issue as well. Uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine had been put on hold. Um, you know, the Johnson Johnson vaccine, there's several, the, those two vaccines have had errors in delivery. They're, they're, it's not a perfect system by any, by any means, but I would just go back to, you know, it's, it gives you something else to go see. You know, I, I should stay away from that, but that's, that is not how I look at it. The way I look at it is it's like any other treatment form. We, we measure the risk of the treatment right. to what we're trying to cure or avoid in this case, COVID-19. Right. And so long as everyone stays alert and, you know, don't just read every headline. Don't read the byline, all the sensational read, read the article That's and right. see if you can find an article to debunk the first article. I mean, yeah. it takes work and we'll do, do some of that work, diligence. right? Yeah, yep. We'll do some of that We're going to do the due diligence yep. forum. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and kind of along those lines, you've got a story to tell us. About I do. The this is very stage. interesting. Yep. Uh, we had a listener, uh, call in and talk about a 23-hour stay and what they did is they ended up in the hospital uh went through the er and they were uh put in a 23-hour stay not admitted but obviously they had no idea what kind of bill they were going to get at the end of the day right and you know we're going to talk a little bit today about surprise billing but i thought this was a very good moral to a story here for our listeners the patient portion that uh she received was 1235 dollars and some change for being in there about 16 hours. Gotcha. And when she got the bill, it did itemize the bill, and it had multiple different deductibles as as well as their $350 copay for admissions. So when she called the hospital back, she asked, would you please give me a true printout of what these charges are? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the conversation, 
they had agreed that these $1,235 were correct. The next thing the patient asked, well, is there a discount available if I'm going to pay this bill right now? And immediately she got a $370 credit to her bill a 30% discount just by asking. Just, you just have to ask. You, know, you have to make the phone call. And importantly, somebody has to answer that phone call on That's the other right. side. That's and that, right. that can be challenging. So don't ever hesitate to ask for a discount. Right. Now, this conversation had gone on for over half an hour, she said. And never once did it indicate that there was a discount available until she asked. Yeah. And, and a lot of the hospital systems are going to, let's say if you're just paying cash and you're having a procedure, you just ask because the reality is they know, and just like I do in my office, I know that I'm getting a percentage of my charges when I'm working with an insurance company and a contract. And if you were taking a, a cash payment, it could be more. So most of us look at it the same way. They're like, we're doing the same job. Then that it's a it's a fair rate, and they'll you know they'll take a lower they'll take sure, a lower number. Sure. Yeah. But I think our listeners need to know always ask for a discount. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. healthcare. More and more, we realize that healthcare really is a business, and a lot of the legislation over the years has tried to make it look like it's not a business. It's there's been a lot of argument. We we go back and forth on this a lot of uh, how uh, legislators come up and say that you know healthcare's it's too personal to make it, uh, you know, like the purchasing a fast food item. And I get that. But at the end of the day, it is a business. And people, if they walk in to feel like they don't understand how this business works, they're not going to ask the questions. But I would encourage our listeners to look at it, like look at it logically, like it is a business. And, you know, there are things that cost, there are things that cost more than other things. And you just need to stay aware of all these things to make sure that you're, you're not, I don't, I don't want to say you're getting cheated. But you're falling into a system that if you don't uh, if you don't shop around, you're going to pay more money than. Well, if it's you do. about what we talk about on this show all the time, Doctor Mark. Mm-hmm. It's about becoming an educated healthcare consumer. It is, and knowing how to manipulate your way through our healthcare world today. Right, but consumers in this space are so much more intimidated by the no people question. they're working with. No question. You know, you're intimidated. Yep. That, that person on the other side of the phone is no different than the person that you would call at Publix if you got home and you realized right. you were charged for something that you didn't get. Exactly. Right? It's exactly. the same person. Right. I mean, you're not talking to the CEO of the hospital. Or any other consumer yeah. product. So, so yeah. you really do have to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, so, I, But I can, I can get I, – I understand it. You know, yeah. I, I completely yeah. get it because it is. It's scary. And people don't want to talk about health care, let alone about argue what yeah. they should pay for it. Well, this, this listener called in to talk about I asked for a discount and got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was very, very encouraging. Maybe a T-shirt. That'd be a great T-shirt. We might be I able to for a discount. We got could it. probably go to the healthcare systems, and you know, they could put an emblem on there. I and, love that. Yeah, that's a good, a good T-shirt. Yeah. Now we make light of it, but it is. It's yeah. a very important issue, and I, I, that's is. a great story, Larry. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. All right. <clears throat> it's time to share our question of the week. But before I do it, I think the moral of the story today is: ask. Is there a discount available? And this week's question, understanding the CDC's pause in the administration of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, has your mind changed about being vaccinated? Please share your thoughts by calling 407-701-7424 or email healthcarenow at orlandomedicalnews.com. We'll be right back. 
Dr. Thomas, please report to the ICU. In every healthcare facility, there's an invasion underway. Pathogens are entering, colonizing, and infecting patients and caregivers, causing extended stays and readmissions. Many pathogens come in on shoe soles, grabbing a free ride into patient care areas and other sensitive locations. That's why there's Healthy Soul, a UVC-powered medical technology that in just eight seconds kills up to 99.99% of the dangerous pathogens on the soles of footwear. The same effective UVC technology that decontaminates whole rooms can now target shoe soles. Independent clinical studies and lab testing prove it. Add Healthy Soul to your infection prevention practices today. Stop pathogen spread in its tracks. Healthy Soul. Visit Healthy Soul. That's healthysole.com today. Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, healthy soul. Are your annual wellness visits 60% completed? Medicare requires 60%. ThoughtSwift provides a turnkey solution, reducing AWVs 5 to 20 minutes, software-generated care plans, providing patient conversations and billing codes, improving macro, MIPS, and HEDIS, net $125 plus per AWV. Interested? John Fogarty, 609-605-6859, 609-605-6859. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Orlando Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. Joining us this morning is Kevin Ryan. Kevin has been employed in medical device sales, focused in cardiology for 17 years. Former employers include Boston Scientific, Zoll, AbMed, prior to joining CVRX as a regional manager for the Florida Gulf Coast. Kevin has worked with cardiatric and vascular surgeons, electrophysiologists, and cardiologists throughout. Kevin shares... I have seen several amazing devices brought forth to help make patients' lives better and could not be more proud of representing a device that is so positively impacting patients in a way never seen before. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning, Kevin. Good to see you. Kevin, what exactly is biostem therapy? So Barostem therapy is the world's first neuromodulation device that is FDA approved for the treatment of heart failure. In class two and three heart failure patients, that comprises a fairly large number of patients throughout the United States. And it accomplishes neuromodulation through a a pretty elegant um, stimulation of the carotid baroreceptor in the neck. This has uh, dedicated signaling to the brain, which impacts the autonomic nervous system to rebalance and imbalance in these patients. That seems uh, kind of uh, sci-fi and fantastic. So... Tell us a little bit about what the device, if, if you walked in as a patient and you said you're going to do this, tell, tell me what you would tell me if I was your patient. 
Sure. So most of these patients have already had a singular dual chamber ICD. Um, that's a defibrillator implanted in the chest. The Barostem device is very similar in size, is typically implanted on the opposite side of the chest with a small lead that tunnels up through the fatty tissue under the skin to the neck. Um, this is a device that is uh, barely noticeable under the skin once implanted and uh, really does not stimulate or, or um, impact the patient's lives in any way moving forward. Kevin, this is a, a fairly new uh, device that you guys have come up with. Tell us a little bit about the development of the product. So uh, that's a great question. So about uh, 20 years ago, uh, the device world was met with the advent of biventricular ICDs. These were devices that were designed to resynchronize uh, very large heart failure hearts. And since the development of those devices, there really hasn't been uh, much in the way of new technology. And around that time, uh, CVRX sought to understand how harnessing the uh, nervous system could potentially positively impact heart failure patients. And over the last, I would say, 17 years, the device has been tested in multiple patient populations here and in Europe. And the ability to harness the body's own uh, autonomic nervous system to combat what is a neurological issue in most of these patients with heart failure has been realized. Again, really forward stuff. Now, I know the bearer receptors in that area they, they control blood pressure, but this is different. You're, you're actually modifying like the vagus nerve or what? tell me that. No. So this, this device actually has a lead, a uh, small lead that implants directly via suture to the, um, the carotid nerve. In mm-hmm. the, so the bear receptors and, and mechanoreceptors in the uh, carotid sinus. And uh, much like pain management uh, stimulation that's been in use for the last decade, uh, CVRX was able to understand the specific frequency and energy required to impact that nerve bundle in the carotid mm-hmm. to positively impact these patients. And what it does is causes a cascade that can improve cardiac hemodynamics. It can improve afterload. Um, and what we're seeing in patients is truly incredible quality of life improvement and improvements right. in exercise tolerance. Does it change what the muscle is doing or does it sort of decrease how hard the muscle has to work? So it, it sends signals to the brain and works uh, in balance and, and sort of a, in a partnership with the brain. The brain mm-hmm. then sends signals down to the major vasculature, heart, lungs, kidneys, and, and uh, the periphery and um, seems to trick the brain into thinking something that it's not seeing. And mm-hmm. it reduces the stress levels, the workload right. of the heart. Kevin, how have patients uh, benefited from this therapy in Central Florida, and what what hospitals locally are actually performing this implant procedure? So Advent Health has been a partner of CVRX for more than a decade and was the first uh, hospital in the area to provide this to patients and is currently uh, the lead hospital in the Central Florida market for providing this therapy to patients. Okay. And what does the uh, the process look like as far as it's an outpatient process? Or do they have to stay in the ICU to be monitored for any period of time, anything like that? No, so that's the beautiful thing. This procedure, as a surgeon, I'm sure you can appreciate um, going through the skin, just a, a little bit of depth mm-hmm. to the neck and suturing extravascularly, having no access to any of the body's vasculature, 
minimizes the risk. Um, we actually have an incredible safety profile of better than 97.5% event-free mm-hmm. rate with this device. And um, as a low-risk, fairly uh, simple elective procedure, this is primarily done in the outpatient setting. Patients will go in in the morning and go home the same day. Kevin, you know, uh, from the layperson perspective, our listeners, the first thing I think about when I think about this type of a program is a pacemaker. And kind of explain the difference between this uh, barostim therapy and what a pacemaker does. I think our listeners would be interested in sure. that. Sure. That's a great mm-hmm. question. Yeah. So that kind of dives into my history. I started in the industry as a pacer rep, and um, it's a common uh, sort of uh, mystery amongst patients. They see an implantable device in the chest and assume it's a pacemaker. Right. And um, so a pacemaker is an on-demand device that will pace the heart based on timing cycles when the heart doesn't uh, contract on its own. And the Barostim is sort of like a um, an asynchronous pacemaker. For anybody that knows pacing, that's a device that will pace regardless of any outside stimulation. The Barostim will provide therapy regardless of any external stimulation because it is not sensing. So... This is a, a device that is on all the time providing therapy and not really recording or diagnosing anything. And also back on that sort of lay, lay people angle, what mm-hmm. type of voltage are we talking about? I know it's minuscule, but I mean, they're thinking, well, you're going to put this electric yeah. thing, because this could sound like torture. So, you know, so, so <laughs> put, put, everybody, put everybody at ease there for me. So pacemakers work off of uh, voltage. This is a constant current device that works off of amperage. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, you know, one to ten milliamps. So gotcha. nothing that a patient mm-hmm. should ever feel and under any does, circumstances. Not even a muscle twitch. Correct. Well, and can it's direct. So interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I also uh, were thinking about this. Since it is so new, has there been any uh, use in children in this program? There has not been a use in uh, pediatric patients, okay. but there really, um, there really is no reason not to potentially mm-hmm. consider it if the patients meet criteria. Now, having said that, heart failure is primarily a geriatric uh, disease state. Right. So I'm not sure the application in children, but from a, a spatial perspective, um, there, there would be no restriction on children that I could see. Right. Now, I know with some other kinds of uh, neural stimulators, they often do a, a test run to see if it's going to be effective. Do you guys need to do that or can you... We do. Um, in the procedure, uh, you can see a, a mild, um, minuscule drop in heart rate and blood pressure in these patients. That mm-hmm. tells you that you're on sensitive nervous tissue and have a functional response. Um, turning off the therapy post-testing gives a nice rebound so that you know you're in, in functionally reactive nervous tissue. tissue. Right, right. So you know, you know you're, in, you're in vicinity. So in that, and that's what this is. It has to be a certain distance from its, its target. In that, Correct. In that sense. Gotcha, gotcha. Correct. Kevin, I know you uh, get this question a lot, but, you know, COVID has impacted more of the older age population, which you indicated your therapy is for. So what processes or uh, treatments have you been able to provide for COVID patients? So we had our first post-COVID cardiomyopathy patient last fall. This was a patient that was diagnosed in February of 2020 as COVID positive. A uh, wonderful 51-year-old uh, woman local to Orlando. 
And uh, within about a month, she recovered from the the COVID, um, but over the subsequent six to seven months continued to degrade. Her heart failure status went from fairly um, light, I I would say, in uh, the winter of 2020 and just degraded over the course of those six or seven months to the point that she was hospitalized regularly, uh, frequently within a month. Uh, month over month, and last November was provided with the Barostem therapy after all other therapies had been exhausted. The beautiful thing is that in the five months since, she has lost all of the excess fluid that she gained during her COVID sickness and then some, and has been able to regain uh, much of the daily activity that she was not able to enjoy over the last year. So it's safe to say that 2021 is going to be a much more promising year for her, and she feels much more herself. Excellent. That's fantastic. Now, I guess we're probably running out of time there, but I'm gonna. This is good that I can put you on the spot, and you can just say we don't have any more time. Sure. <laughs> but what is the uh, the cost of this technology, both like incurred to patient, incurred to insurance company? You know, just so round numbers. It it varies uh, by account, but this is very similar to an ICD implant uh, gotcha. covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, traditional copay as per their insurance, and with a secondary insurance, everything is covered under insurance. Very good. Well, Kevin, that's that's great news for uh, patients experiencing uh, heart failure, especially about the billing codes in place. How can our audience, and more importantly, Central Florida physicians, learn more about the barrel stem therapy? So this device, uh, as I mentioned, is being offered at Advent Health in Orlando, For those uh, practitioners or patients that are interested in knowing more about the therapy, they can go to our website at www.cvrx.com. I would also um, be happy to speak with anybody um, practitioner-wise that is interested in understanding more about the therapy. I can be reached at either 386-307-8405 or at kryan, R-Y-A-N, at cvrx.com. Thank you, Kevin. Great news. Again, that is 386-307-8405, and we'll be right back. Thanks for coming in, Kevin. Thank Thank you guys for having me. You bet. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing, pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar, you know. I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I am enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cvrx.com. In just eight seconds, Healthy Soul UVC kills up to 99.99% of the pathogens on the soles of shoes. HealthySOLE.com. Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, healthy soul. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407 228 or 774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com 
Looking for affordable or professional video? Differentiating your business from competitors? Brand, improving online presence about me or professional videos. Sakatafilms.com, 407-860-3035. Are your annual wellness visits 60% completed? Medicare requires 60%. ThoughtSwift provides a turnkey solution, reducing AWVs 5 to 20 minutes. Software-generated care plans, providing patient conversations and billing codes. Improving macro, MIPS, and HEDIS. Net $125 plus per AWV. Interested? John Fogarty, 609-605-6859. 609-605-6859. Looking for affordable or professional video? Differentiating your business from competitors? Brand, improving online presence about me or professional videos. Sakatafilms.com, 407-860-3035. Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I need to remind our audience about the question of the week. Understanding the CDC's pause in the administration of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, has your mind changed about being vaccinated? Please share 407-701-7424 or email healthcarenow at orlandomedicalnews.com. Larry, I understand that you've got some updates from some of our previous conversations. I do, John. You know, we've talked about in the past... uh, innovation and technology well we found that in the first quarter of 2021 we saw continued deals on private investment into healthcare to the net of 6.7 billion dollars just in the first quarter of 2021 now when you, when you consider over 14 billion was raised in all of 2020 almost half of that was again invested in the first quarter of 2021, Dr. Mark. Right, what do right. you think? And think about the economy yeah. that we're all struggling through right, right now. So this right. is our, our active, active COVID economy. Now, certain things have exploded, and this is apparently one of them. And one of the and the major reason for this huge investment is in uh, technology and digital health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Mainly yeah. telehealth. Right. Telehealth yeah. had, a, had a huge bump in value in this first quarter, and uh, – you know, the, I think we're just going to we're just seeing the beginning of it. We are. And, the, you know, the continued uh, influx of private investment in equity capital right. is going to be continued to be huge yeah. in healthcare. And I, I think the other thing is it, it is a sense of stability for folks that are in medicine, uh, own their own practices or businesses and have been struggling during covid and they may be looking at this like you know they were thinking about it for quite a while but this sure the the, the money is sitting there and the investors are looking for places to put it and this exactly. it's a strong place exactly. so i mean is it a is it a good thing I, it kind of remains to be seen i think that that medicine could really use some business sense so i would hope that that's what this is going to bring yeah. to the table but it's going to be a wait and see it does remain to be seen and i agree with you the second thing is you know we talked about uh expanding the healthcare.gov from February 15th right, to May 15th. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, evidently, since this open enrollment in the Biden administration opened this special election period, there have been over 500,000 people have signed up. So as a result of that type of uh, impact, they've extended this special election period now all the way to August 15th. Right, right. So it's, 
And you could ask why there's a period anyway, right? I mean, we, I think we talked about that in a previous uh, previous discussion. It's about budgeting. Yeah. So and, that's it. And yeah. so if it's if it's the side if on the government side, I don't think they understand budgets anyway. So this is just <laughs> going to work really well. Budgets for them, don't so. mean anything. <laughs> mean anything yeah. <laughs> right. And then uh, on the last one, you know, we had spent quite a bit of time last week talking about uh, the opioid epidemic. Right. And throughout the pandemic, it has now been categorized that the number of overdose-related drug deaths rose to over 88,000 people in the U.S., Dr. Incredible, Martin. incredible. I mean, there, there are a lot of factors at work there, uh, but, but mental health issues with the added stress of the pandemic, certainly, certainly part of that. Uh, but there, there are other things, and we talked about that last we week, did. didn't we? Yeah, we spent quite a bit 000. of time talking. Eighty-eight thousand during the pandemic, yeah. which basically is in the last year, right? Right. And if you recall, from twenty, from two thousand to twenty twenty, there were only four hundred thousand opioid right. related deaths, right. oh, yeah. and now we're documenting eighty-eight thousand right. just in the last year of the yeah. pandemic. I mean, I think this is an issue that every healthcare provider, every parent, everybody who's interested in a cause. <laughs> has to look at absolutely uh, because it's there, there's just so much work to be done here and so much at risk if if things aren't turned around well i tell you we're going to uh change uh back into sort of what our our topic of the uh of this session is going to be uh and it's definitely related to high health care costs everybody's worried about the high cost right. of health care and one particular issue that has really brought brought forth a lot of attention in the recent months is that surprise out of network billing so these things were consumers got huge bills for out-of-network care, and we're going to talk about what all those words mean. You just want to kind of cover back over. But even though they didn't intend to select an out-of-network person, they just ended out outside of the network, received care, expected their insurance would cover it, and they get these balanced bills that they, exactly. they, have, to, they have to take care of. So let's have a conversation about in-network versus out-of-network billing, how it can impact your costs, how to deal with it, how do you avoid making you know getting into this position in the first place mm-hmm. and how do you get help to get out of it dr mark the problem has been a long-standing issue with patients for as long as i can remember mm-hmm. and many people with good credit have had their credit ruined over this or dealt with medical debt for years and we talked about medical debt yep. and even bankruptcy so we have briefly talked on this issue in past shows but now let's kind of get into the details right i mean because everybody I th- i'd say you have to know very little about your medical insurance to know the term in network, out of network, but that doesn't mean we understand it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the uh, Congress has been stymied by well-funded interests, mainly the American Hospital Association, for years. But now there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel called the Surprise Billing Act. Yep. Creative name. Creative name. Creative name. Kind of fits exactly what we're talking about. And so, and you know, surprise bills happen when an out-of-network provider is unexpectedly involved in a patient's care whether it's inpatient or outpatient. Right. And patients go to a hospital that accepts their insurance, mm-hmm. for example, but get treated by an emergency room physician who is not in network. And these doctors often bill these patients large fees, far higher than what they would typically be pay if it was an in-network provider. Right, right. And yeah. I'm, I know you've uh, uh, seen that. But there was legislation just recently passed that includes a $900 billion spending deal that both chambers actually uh, passed. And now we're looking at this potential bill that's actually going to take effect in 2022 mm-hmm. that will apply to doctors, hospitals, and it's interesting, 
air ambulances, but not ground ambulances. Oh, really? Well, I mean, we talked about the yeah. air ambulance being so yeah. so incredibly. Remember the forty three thousand dollar bill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that does make sense, and it, it is a bill. So, there's going to be some give and take on what they what they're going to cover. Right. But but that would if I had to sit down and argue, you know, what would should be covered? I mean, clearly the the air transport's got to be a piece of it. Right. Well, research found that millions of Americans receive these types of surprise bills each year, and it's estimated that one in five people that end up in an ER get a bill like this and they're most commonly uh from health providers that are not able to select such as emergency room physicians anesthesiologists and and particularly the ambulances right and the average surprise charge for an emergency room visit is over six hundred dollars but patient have received bills well over a hundred thousand dollars in these surprise bills right well you see the scenario so someone's at home and they they have an issue and they call nine one one Somebody comes to their home, picks them right. up, and where do they where do they decide? How do they decide where to take them? Do they say what's in network, what's out of network? No, they they are. Well, they hopefully, have. a caregiver can have an impact in that, but well, not usually. Well, well right now, yeah. if they get into an ambulance service in this state, mm-hmm. they have to go to the nearest hospital capable of taking care of that. Okay. So, okay. so the, I was just talking to uh, my uh, nephew, who uh, that, that's that's what he does now. He's mm-hmm. a paramedic and fireman, and he was talking about some. Uh, we always ask him for his most interesting thing of the week, and one of them was that that a family said, "Do not take me to Hospital X. Take me to Hospital Y." Right, and it was a big deal. I mean, they, it was they there was a refusal of care because that patient knew exactly what they wanted, but the paramedics' hands are tied, mm-hmm. um, and they have to take them to the closest facility that can handle you know what we're looking at. And so, if they had a, a high level trauma, they might be able to drive past a, a small hospital. But otherwise, you're going to the nearest hospital, and that could be an out of network right. hospital. So, let's talk about patients receiving care from out of network providers that they did not choose, resulting in a surprise out of network bill. Alrighty. So, what is surprise billing, Doctor Mark? Just give so, give the uh, listeners your, your definition of that. So, it's basically receiving a charge that is in significant excess of what you expected. Uh, and what you expected was probably based on what your insurance was going to cover and what your deductible is. And so you're now getting if, – if, if you thought a service was going to cost $100 and you get a bill for $600, that's that's surprise billing right? for the same service that you and, were looking and at. And so if you go to an in-network hospital as a patient, don't you think all your services and the providers should be in-network as well? I mean, it's a loaded question because I know the answer. <laughs> exactly. The answer is I don't expect it because you can go to That's a right. place where your where your surgeon, uh, your facility are both in network, but your anesthesiologist is not, right? right? And so those kinds of things we can kind of handle on the outpatient care centers because mm-hmm. we can negotiate and tell tell the anesthesiologist like, look, you can't charge our our patients or all of our patients, and either right. you get in network. Right. Or you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to build them just like they were in network. Exactly. Well, it's interesting. You know, even insurance companies often pay some amount of the out of network to the provider, mm-hmm. but typically because out of network providers can bill list charges, not allowable fees, they get balanced bill. Right. Similar to a PPO network. Right. right. And that's where these balanced bills have just gotten out of control. Now, we can't balance bill on government products. HMO. So, so we can't, HMO. HMO, yeah. Right. yeah, but we can't balance bill on you know, Medicaid, Medicare. Right. So that's a different right. issue. Right. But yeah, that's so, right. 
So the other thing that's it's mainly that, in the commercial yeah, world, and I, right. I hope I'm not grabbing yeah. a point from from a, a bit later. But no. the other thing that's always amazing is you know we have an insurance deductible, and you have an out of network deductible. Those are totally different deductibles, Absolutely. right? Your total in is the same, but if you walk in and you spend, well, I spent, mm-hmm. I'm already, I already spent my five thousand dollar deductible in network, right, right. and you go out of network, you start all over again. That's right, and that's right. and that's got to that's, that's got to right. hurt. I mean, you're basically that's doubling right. down. Well, in the final days of the 116th Congress that ended, they passed legislation containing not only COVID relief and fiscal year uh, 2021 funding, but also this No Surprise Act to address surprise medical billing and provide new guidelines for private insurers. However, it doesn't go into effect until 2022. Well, I don't think we're going to be able to figure it out until then because the, the details of the bill really aren't out there. And that that's what we need to know. I mean, it's, it sounds great. The the uh, the name of the on the bill sounds great, right. but but I'm very eager to hear what the details are. We'll talk more about mm-hmm. this in a minute. So surprise billing, something to look forward in 2022. I want to um, remind our audience that we'll be back in three minutes. Thank you. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing, pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar, you know. I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I am enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cvrx.com. In just eight seconds, Healthy Soul UVC kills up to 99.99% of the pathogens on the soles of shoes. HealthySole.com. Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, Healthy Soul. Are you concerned about health care skyrocketing expenses? Monthly premiums approaching $2,000? Out-of-pocket expenses up 50% the past 10 years? Introducing Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Join the discussion, 7 to 8 a.m. Saturday mornings on AM 950 and FM 94.9. Co-hosted by IPN's Mark Chayot and Larry Jones and Orlando Medical News. Mark Chayot, M.D., practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. We just received a call. Um, and I believe we need to clarify our statements from earlier in the show about the Johnson & Johnson pause. Dr. Mark? Right. So uh, I think the first thing was that this is the, the FDA, in an abundance of caution, has recommended that we hold off 
we being the United States, to hold the CDC. Off to this, yeah, they've yep, recommended right. to the, the CDC has this under evaluation, and they're going to come out with their recommendation. So we didn't want to get it ahead exactly. that the CDC hadn't jumped in. Exactly. And we wanted to talk a little bit about one of the statements uh, that uh, we didn't bring up in the show, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to talk about these patients who had a, a platelet anomaly. The six platelet six odd, ladies. Yep. Yep. So one of the people, they, they did pass away. Correct. Another was hospitalized. The others were all treated as outpatients. Correct. Uh, the treatment for this disorder isn't the anticoagulant heparin, exactly. uh, which is something that, that may give physicians and researchers a clue as to what this issue is or if it's an issue at all. But those are just things we wanted to sort of it's, – it's confusing like most of these yep. issues. There, you know, Before we were looking at what the White House said, what the CDC said, what the right. FDA said right. – and nobody really has the idea of uh, who has the last word. Does the governor actually have the last word? Because I don't know. Well, ap- absolutely. Uh, this afternoon, Governor DeSantis paused all J and J distribution. Right. He did. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think that's kind of the the answer here is is we have a lot of these agencies, and once again, you know, it becomes somewhat of a political issue when right. it really needs to be science. But I'm, I'm like I said, I'm glad there I'm glad there are more eyes well, on the ball. It's all Th- that's out of an abundance important. of caution. Yep. All right. Well, let's jump back in. We were talking about Mm -hmm. surprise billing and the surprise billing act. Under this act, health care plans have to hold patients harmless from surprise medical bills. So that's that's the bottom line. That's the idea here is as hold harmless. They're not going to be responsible for surprise medical bills. They only have to pay the equivalent of an in-network cost sharing, not not an out-of-network number. And that's going to I'm sure that has made the insurance companies heads blow up. There, they have huge dollars and lobbyists there in Washington huge, every day, huge. and and this is this is not something they were looking for because I'd like to see what number they collect every year in out of network charges for surprise billing. It's interesting. Uh, we talked about a patient earlier asking for a discount. Well, there is an independent dispute resol- resolution program now Mm -hmm. that has been implemented by providers and they have a 30-day negotiation period to even settle what they're being billed out of network that would even be in network fees gotcha gotcha so they can talk about any of their they can talk about any of their bill so i thought that was very very interesting well i mean i think the bottom line is that so many americans have seen their finances completely ruined by something that was completely out of their control and i mean it's 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 definitely gets it gets your uh get your heart kind of pounding that something yeah. needs to be done. So I want to, I really want right. to see more about the details of how this is going to work. Exactly. So really when it comes up, it's, it's about out of network providers and facilities, both being prohibited from seeing, sending patient surprise medical bills for more than the in network costs, as you mentioned earlier, Dr. Right. Mark, right. And certain out of network providers will also be prohibited from sending surprise patients unless they notify the patient in advance that, the, that it's going to be a that higher bill. That there is going to be a higher bill, and that in advance has to be a 72-hour notice. Yeah, see, I mean, I, I don't even like that part there. I mean, I, why, is there, why is there a loophole? If you're a 911 and you're going right. to the hospital, oh, sure. how does that work? Yeah. No, it's not going to work there. And, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that does – that does. Uh, uh, it's a bill, so I know there's a lot of push, a lot of pull, a lot of uh, concession. But, uh, you know, even leaving that loophole because of the, the, the meaning behind the bill is, is very simple. That there are no more out of network charges for if if you do did everything you were supposed to do to get there you didn't choose to go somewhere else you didn't because you can go see a doctor you can go see a cardiologist that's out of network and you just sure. know you're going to pay exactly but I, I, but I bet when you do that 
you have a conversation with that cardiologist. And say, hey, you don't take my insurance. And guess what What's you're going to sign with all the paperwork uh, that you're, 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 you're going to be responsible yeah, for the bill absolutely. and that it may not all be in network. Yep, 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 yep. You see that all the time in these packets yep. that you have to sign when yep. you sign in. Uh, you know, one of the more interesting aspects of this legislation is that they singled out the air flight ambulances, right. mm-hmm. but they did not single out uh, car ambulances. Yeah, the trucks, yeah. The, yeah, so what's your thought on that, Dr. I Mark? mean, it's – well, the reality is it's probably a lobbyist Massive issue. different <laughs> yeah, costs, right, right, too. Yeah. Massive different yeah, costs. Yeah. But if you look at the – what makes sense is the surprise billing for a helicopter flight. We talked about last week or week before – that forty-three thousand dollar flight right. of, of twelve miles, eight-minute eight flight, eight-minute yeah, eight yeah. flight. Yeah. So, so they singled out that because it's so much more. Whereas an ambulance ride, not that four hundred dollars raised to eight hundred dollars isn't a big deal. It is a big deal, but but it's a, just a different magnitude. So again, with a push and pull, and having to get a, a bill, a, pi- a bipartisan movement on a bill, that that's probably a concession that was made. Right. So. Talking about the surprise bill, so what do you do when you get a surprise bill for our listeners? Well, the first thing, on that. Yeah, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to see exactly who it is that's sending you the bill, right? And you're going to contact them, probably by telephone, but if they have emails, any other things you can do, because you, you need to, to argue. You need to right. fight this bill. Right. And don't – I think most consumers today – are going to if, if it happened in any other way, if you went and you bought some clothes and you got home and you realized that you paid more than you, you planned, you, you know, you, you know the recourse. Right. But in medicine, somebody needs to hear that, yeah, you have a right to discuss this bill. You don't have to be nasty about it. Right. You know, the person on the other side of the line doesn't have to be nasty about it either. But you want to <clears throat> really sit down, get all your ducks in a row. You can call your insurance company. You can tell them this is what happened. And they may be able to explain a few things better. They necessarily aren't necessarily going to speak on your behalf but they're they're going to talk to you you're you are their customer you know and they want to keep you satisfied i thought it was interesting that this is one of the few bipartisan pieces of legislation that's come through congress in a long time right both sides of the aisle were behind this and it's really gonna and and consumer advocacy groups have continued to cheer this legislation the only disappointing part to me is it doesn't start till 2022. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I would, the explanation of that would be kind of interesting. It would be kind of interesting if uh, President Biden says the same thing, says, you know, congratulations on, on this bipartisan effort, but uh, can we, uh, can we move, move the right. number a little bit? Dr. Mark, I want to talk one other issue regarding surprise billing. You know, there's another aspect to surprise billing that is impacting out of network claims with provisors, providers, and it's these narrow networks being formed by both payers and the large health systems that eliminate or even don't include certain providers, resulting in higher claims being balanced bills to patients. What's your thought on that, Dr. Mark? Because you see it in yeah, Orlando. Yeah, we see it a lot. Yeah, because uh, yeah. we actually we get a lot of phone calls from people in IPN, from uh, providers in IPN that say, hey, you know, I've been on this this plan for my whole career, and I had a patient come in and say that, you know, they're no longer covered. So what happens? So what it is, again, I think you described it pretty well. It's, it's mm-hmm. the, the insurance companies are going in and they're picking a group of providers right. and saying this is going to be in plan B. Right. And so if, if you're insurer, 
If you, if you get your health insurance through your insurer and your insurer says, oh, this plan B, oh, this is a good, uh, it's, your it's, it's a little cheaper. That's right. Yeah, we're going to do it. Right. So you have a very tight network. Yes. And it started out like in Orlando, you kind of look at the, you, you might have a network that only covers one hospital system and right. not another. Right. And people have gotten used to that. You're seeing more of that today than you used to. Right. And now it's getting yeah. even slimmed down to you can only see people in this medical group. Right. So, so that limits a number of things. That limits your relationship with possibly your longtime provider. Right. And so they're now they're now opted no out. And it limits your ability to decide, right. you know, who who you go see. And then right. finally it sets you up for for surprise billing. Right. Right. Well when Disney went direct with the two hospital systems and their CINs, mm. it made all their families have to choose. Right. Right. Between one or the other. Yep, yep. But I think the moral of this story and the direction is patients and consumers need to understand their benefit design as we continue to talk about on this show. Know their deductibles and copays and know the right questions to ask when seeking care and ensure their caregiver understands their coverage as well. Right. The more educated they are about the plan, the fewer surprises they're going to get. Right. And sometimes, you know, if you're out there buying your own plan, and and you can save some money by limiting yourself to a practice. You might say, well, you know, I'm still going to take the kids to the same pediatrician. Right. And but no, wait, I'm, I'm going to lose my cardiologist. You may exactly. decide that, OK, I need to I need to keep on this plan to see that narrow network physician. And I'm going to go see my pediatrician and I'm going to pay out of pocket exactly. because I've still got a, a deductible exactly. that I'm playing and, and one visit yeah. to the pediatrician. So you have to balance out those decisions. It's it's healthcare. It's a it's a consumable. You and know, you, we have you, to look at it that you way. You hit on something earlier, Doctor Mark. Early in the year, like we are now, where we're just in April, people I think don't realize that their deductibles kick in much larger earlier in the year right. versus later in the year when they've already had care right, and right, paid right. for. Sure, sure. And yeah, so, if you does. end up in the hospital in January. You can have a pretty significant bill if you've got a high deductible, right? Oh, for sure, for sure, and, and, and yeah. it's and it's it's due when received. You know exactly. I mean? so, exactly. So what, so what do they do? Make the phone call. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's definitely what you yep. need to do. Yep. Okay. It seems like another Saturday morning is is winding down, and I think our consumer audience has something to look forward to in twenty twenty two with the surprise billing legislation. God willing, I want to thank. Our this week's sponsors, Kevin Ryan with CVRX, who is our guest today, www.cvrx.com. Our other sponsor was Nick DiOrio with Healthy Soul Decontamination, www.healthysoul.com. A big thank you to my co-host, Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Couldn't do this program without you. And I want to recognize our advertising partners, Diana Sicato with Sicato Films, John Fogarty with Rx to Live, April and Mary Catherine with Counseling Resource Services, myself, John Kelly with the Orlando Medical News, and Angela with Keller Williams. Larry, any final words for our audience? Uh, yes, John. Next week, we're going to talk about a huge ad that has run in the Orlando Sentinel both Sunday and Monday talking about biomedical innovation. Saw and, it, Larry. I hate it. I know. And, <laughs> and what it's doing is requesting consumers and patients to call their legislator and tell them not to vote for the drug pricing laws that are being implemented in Congress today. We're going to get into that in detail. So don't call uh, anybody until next yeah, week. Right, until you hear <laughs> more about it. Uh, but, you know, the, the final message is take time to become an informed healthcare consumer. 
It's one of the best ways to protect your family. See you next week. See you next week. You feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to theanswerorlando.com.